You're listening to the Nature Stories podcast. I'm Samantha Brown with Atlantic Public Media, curating this podcast in collaboration with the Nature Conservancy and the Public Radio Exchange. Each week, we bring you pieces about the intersection of people and place. During April and May, millions of birds fly north from their winter homes in the southern United States, Mexico, even South America. They pour across international borders in their brightest plumage. In 1991, producer Brad Klein was in New York City's Central Park to greet them, which is when he produced this piece, The Bilingual Sparrow. Part of the majesty of the spring bird migration comes from its orderliness. At whatever spot on the globe you live, the various species arrive, pass through, and depart with remarkable constancy. This year, for example, in Central Park, the first Phoebe was spotted March 14th, and that's about the date they arrive every year, give or take a few days. But spring is also pregnant with possibility. Certain birds arrive early or late. Rare birds overshoot their nesting territories in Mexico and end up in Minnesota. You get the idea. This story begins two years ago, early April, when a birder friend of mine heard something like this. Zee, 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 zoo, zee. That's the song of the black-throated green warbler, a bird that not only had not been seen that year in Central Park, but was not expected to arrive for several weeks. Zee, 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 zoo, zee. And that is a recording of the exact bird that was singing on that April morning two years ago. But that day, search as she might, my friend Marie could not find that warbler. Rumors spread through the binocular crowd, but for several days, the mystery remained unsolved. Then an astute birder noticed that the warbler song, remember, was alternating with a different song. Now that is the song of the much more common white-throated sparrow. It is usually written out as, Old Sam Peabody, Peabody, Peabody. That is, unless you travel far enough to the north where it suddenly is thought to be singing, Oh, sweet Canada, Canada, Canada. There it is again. Zee, 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 zoo, zee. That's the warbler song. Two different songs coming from one bird. As you may have guessed by now, this was a single bilingual songbird, a multicultural sparrow. Most likely, he was born in a pine tree somewhere in Canada in a non-traditional family, or at least next door to a nest of black-throated green warblers, who also nest in Canadian pine trees. Somehow, he learned both songs. You don't believe me, but this explanation is true, or at least it's possible. And it's uncommon. I know that because I called up the Cornell Library of Natural Sounds, the largest collection of bird songs on the planet. And the chief curator checked his files and reported that no, they have no recordings of any sparrow mimicking any warbler. He said that if I could record that bilingual bird, they would catalog and preserve the tape and make it available for scientific study. A year later, that sparrow returned to sing for a few days at the same time of year in the exact same spot, and I got him on tape. With luck, it may be that my recording will be cited in the footnotes of some future ornithologist's scientific study. And that's not too shabby for an amateur naturalist. A tiny contribution to what we know about the world. And maybe the bird will return again this year. For the next few weeks, I'll visit the park and listen for this polyglot, who looks just like all the other sparrows until he opens his beak 
and reveals his secret. That piece was produced in 1991 by Brad Klein. You may be interested to know that this year, the first Eastern Phoebe was spotted in Central Park on March 10th. As always, you can hear more pieces like this one at the Public Radio Exchange, prx.org. The Nature Conservancy provides support for this podcast, committed to protecting nature and preserving life. For the past four years, we've brought you weekly stories about the intersection of people and place. Next week will be our final podcast for a while, as we try to find individuals, organizations, or corporations interested in supporting this effort. For more information on how you can support this podcast, visit our website at nature.org stories. In the meantime, we'd like to thank all of you who have listened over the years. I'm Samantha Brown with Atlantic Public Media in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. Join us next week for our final podcast. 